Hi, folks. Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst, special guest, Louis G. Tonight, the Scott Fishbowl, an update on Live Buffalo, which is a little more than a week away. It's coming up quick. Louis is doing a ton of work on that. I'm doing a, a, I'm doing less, but I'm trying. Uh, hopefully, we're in a good place. We're about to find out. Also, we're going to recap uh, an FFWC draft, the Superflex Bowl. And this is one where I was up late. I'm like, okay, two more. I'm going to fall asleep in five seconds. And which two guys walk in? <laughs> Easy. We call that the deep end. Notifications, sure. Do you guys both have like openings and drafts at the last minute hooked up to your home alarm system? <laughs> I should. I, I have the same story too, by the way. I'm, I'm watching Stranger Things on the couch with my kids, d falling asleep. Phone, you know, DM, brink. Oh, I wonder, wonder who this is. It's got to be one of my, it's it's got to be one of my fantasy football buddies at ten o'clock at night. And there, there it is. Let's draft. I'm in. Let's do it. I, you want to know the deep end. I mean, this, that, this is, that is the deep end. Don't forget about how much money this, this contest is, is. The deep end is not being able to see one of your friends post one spot left and walking away. <laughs> like I saw you post one spot left and I don't care what was happening. My yeah, wife no, right. could have been on top of me and I would have pushed her off and said, Hey, <laughs> it's time. We got to get in here, you know? And so right. uh, that is the deep end because I couldn't be, I, I was, I was urging to get in there with you guys. Uh, and I'm glad I did. Hey guys, one spot left in this Brussels sprouts eating contest. <laughs> Louis is like, let's go. Have well, you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that Seinfeld where George wants to combine sex and food? If we could do that and that and fantasy football drafts all at the same time, I mean, what a way to go! What yeah. a, what a way to go! I, yeah, you, I mean. I've fallen asleep on sex as many times I've fallen asleep on an underdog uh, in the last couple months. I it is the same. I get it totally. Yeah, the sleeping is a bad thing, but apparently you're good at this nonetheless. So uh, let's talk about Scott Fishbowl, the live event, two drafts, one night, July 14th in Buffalo. If you're interested in buying tickets, Louis, how many do we have left? Uh, we are just under 50. We did uh, sell a few here to today as I, the last time I checked. So I think we're just under about 50 um, actual tickets uh, available depending on how that goes the next couple of days, maybe a few more free up. But right now uh, we're getting to the end. So, um, you know, get your tickets. If it was something that you you wanted to get in, um, it's your window is closing. We are auctioning one spot in the draft, in one of the drafts to somebody who is in attendance. And that could end up being two, but I'm just trying all kinds of different you know, connections and people, uh, we'll see if it's one or two, but it's at least one for sure. Somebody who buys a ticket and shows up at Big Ditch Brewing Company in Buffalo, July 14th, Thurman Thomas in attendance. I have not been able to convince Thurman yet to draft with us. Mm. Um, there's almost no chance of that, but <laughs> uh, there is a chance you can be in the Scott Fishbowl if you buy a ticket and, uh, and join us that night. It's $75. Food is included. Also, non-alcoholic drinks, and we are five dozen or more, Louis, in terms of basket raffle donations already. Yeah, wow. we have 
we're gonna have a a, a really decent raffle there for uh, for Chinese auction, and uh, you know we'll do the fifty fifty like normal and all that stuff. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of uh, really, I just from our group, you know uh, the, the ones that I haven't brought in directly or you haven't brought in directly. I think uh, there's a lot of cool things that are gonna be coming there to to uh, be able to win uh, just walking in the door. So um, that music. Greg Bauk, uh, emceeing the whole thing. It's going to be a fun night. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Kyle Turner from your show. Zachary Kruger from NBC Sports Edge dra uh, driving from Washington to draft with us that night. Adam Krautwurst. I was listening to one of our shows, Adam, a couple of weeks ago. Why? Because that's how you get better. That's right. <laughs> and... We were talking about this before you had been invited in, like you were going to go to Miami or Boston to draft. But Adam is in. We did the live the the uh, draft position draw on here a week ago, so you know I got to I got to catch up in my old episodes. But uh, it'll be a word special on the street night. Is, yeah, word on the street is there's a draft here in Rochester somewhere. I don't know. I haven't heard nothing about it, but uh, I wish them all luck. I don't, I don't even know when it is, but. Yeah, it'll be at that uh, that custard place. Abbott's. It's going to be at Abbott's. Abbott's frozen custard. Yes. <laughs> no, I love I love Rochester. That's so right. we'll have um, a big night at Big Ditch. Thurman will be there. Seventy five bucks. Eventbrite.com, My Twitter, which at Shope Talk, it'll be up here if you want it, and you can buy tickets that way. And we would be grateful. All the money goes to the Thurman Thomas Family Foundation with a specific focus toward the Buffalo Urban League. They are doing uh, all the hard hard work. I mean, I can't even imagine with the shooting here, and it's, I mean, it's it keeps happening. Um, yeah. We want to help people who are completely traumatized in ways we can't even imagine happening to ourselves, and that's what uh, that night is all about. That's next Thursday. Okay, so yeah, I joined one of uh, the FFWC Superflex Bowl drafts. Billy Muzio has been a good friend of ours, and we've been talking about that tournament quite a lot. Two spots left. Who walk in, Adam and Louie? Either the best or it's a nightmare. I don't know. I don't want to draft against you guys. I made my point last year. I want to drop after that, F that football guys championship league and, you know, try to find a different room. And you know what? I want to talk about that later. Like, is there a best time of day to draft? We can do that now real quick before we get to this board, if you guys – if you're, if you're willing to do that. Sure. So – what is the strategy you guys, if there's any, use in terms of uh, best time to draft? And I don't, you know, Louis, don't say always. <laughs> <laughs> I So you and I have had this conversation a little bit, and I'll let you kind of make your point. But there are definitely um, times that where you, you do see the advantage. You, and I'm going to make your point a little bit here, where you call them drinking hours, and I think you make a good point. Like Friday, Saturday nights, I, I think there's a little bit of – uh, definitely looseness advantage to be to to be taken advantage of. Now I'm a a, a, a new father uh, who only gets out one day a week, so sometimes I'm that guy <laughs> that's getting taken advantage. You know, we made the joke about how many times I've fallen asleep on an underdog. Uh, I try to take advantage of that late crowd. Um, sometimes uh, sleep gets to me. I I like that. I I think there's definitely a point to that. Uh, to doing it in that at that time, but I do like uh, the early morning, <laughs> just like start your day, and you, you know all these guys are doing like this cardio club thing now, and I think there is a kind of a cool thing that 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 
you know that you're dealing with some sharps when you're doing it at eight o'clock in the morning. So I, 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 I see the advantages of all of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I do as well. I, you know, the, we're, that hot topic now with a lot of the, you know, the big money draft starting recently is, um, you know, the Saquon Barkley in the third round forever, you know, and whatever, uh, whatever share I have of him is, isn't high enough. I wanted more Mike and Mike and I, I could probably go back and share all the text messages of every time I got sniped by Saquon Barkley in every draft and the guy right, right in front of me. But I, you know, I want to say that the advantage is drafting early. If you can avoid those major injuries, or if you can, you know, all the, all your, if your handcuff backs can end up becoming a starter before the season even starts because of, of, of injuries. But if you go look at like, even the information that fantasy Mojo brings to, to the table, over at fantasymojo.com is the winning, you know, the winning, the top five teams, most of them were all drafted uh, in August and like late August, early September. Now that's most of the teams are are, are drafting then, uh, you know, the high percentage of the leagues are being drafted then, but you know, uh, it, that's kind of the, because then you can, you know, you're, you're not having to deal with any off season injuries. You're just trying to avoid in season injuries. So I do like drafting early, but speaking of the cardio club, I got to get back in shape, guys. We got trips galore all summer. I've, I've been part of the cardio club the last two days. I've been doing underdogs and on, on the treadmill, and it's been sensational. Um, can I ask real quick, Mike, did, did I misunderstand that question or did Adam? <laughs> we answered it two different ways. I answered it time of day. Adam did time of year. I don't know if we – I don't want works. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Both useful. Well – I think, I guess it just intuitively, I think late weekend nights are the best for, you know, EV, but that doesn't mean I can't be tempted into doing one any time of day. Is it, is there not a difference, Adam, in terms of like when you draft best ball versus not like take Rob Gronkowski. So in all the underdog best ball mania drafts, I have a lot of Rob Gronkowski and I'm going to be stuck with him. I drafted him in the football guys we did. And I don't mind at all. Like, I'm not going to, if he, if there's more reason to think he's definitely not playing, he's an easy cut. And I think in those leagues, main event included, you know, player profile, uh, player profiler rather on FFWC leagues where you are turning over players. If that's the case in that example, I have to think about it, but you are, um, you're fine with drafting guys where it's risk. You almost want to, you want to draft those high upside running backs, late in those redraft leagues and you're ready to cut them. So I think best time to draft for best ball, your point holds more water where you're sort of, you get who you get. And if you get lucky with the injuries, like you said, you're fine in terms of guys who are more risky in an F FPC or what have you, a league like that, where you're making moves, then you are ready to cut them and you're going to want to. Yeah. And I think even it's so interesting. So many people have different takes on this. I know, um, Eagles on Twitter at, at James Brimacombe. I know he talks about like, as soon as they open up a tournament, he max enters at 150 entries within like 48 hours because he wants to get, he thinks that the, the ADP hasn't caught up with, um, with what people are going to, going to be doing. And he, he wants to kind of dictate that early, early on. Um, and then you have people like Hilo, uh, also, uh, uh, someone on, on, on Twitter that, that does a lot of that kind of the game theory. We've been in some, I've been in some leagues with him. Um, he talks about, you know, it's, it doesn't even matter about that because, you know, speaking of like the underdog tournament, 440,000 entries, he's like, everyone's, you know, 
Mark, Mark Garcia at Hilo FF. You know, you're going to have so many of the same entries. Like he looks at it from a whole different perspective. It doesn't matter time of year. It doesn't matter time of day to him. He's just trying to leverage different game theories and stuff like that. So it's really cool just to kind of uh, follow all these people and listen to, listen to them, take all that in, in, into account. Um, but I like to draft early me specifically because I like to help it sharpen me for when my high stakes leagues start in, in August and September. All right. The answer then is a Friday night, 10 o'clock in like May. That's when you want to be drafting. If you can yes. land in that spot. I was in with high low today on underdog. Were you? There you go. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Didn't, didn't we do one of the FFWC drafts with him too? And maybe James, I think they were both in one of those. Well, I think he's also in the draft sharks invitational, I think. So I, I'll have to go double check that, but I will not beat myself up too much over not knowing because it's really hard to keep track at this point. I know <laughs> I'm kind of numb. All right, let's look at this draft board. So this was yes Saturday night, I believe, July second. Yep. And by the way, on the front screen where they list the teams, I think they do that by their own FFWC ADP grade, like where you drafted your players and then where they would have. And I'm last. So if you look at this league from the outside, Adam and Louie are two and three. Like, they did great. Yay. They, not the gold, but silver and bronze. And then I'm <laughs> I'm absolutely last place. And so uh, let's talk it out and see if we agree with that. Um, Adam, you were early in this draft. Louie and I were side by side near the back. How did you start? Yeah. So this is a super flex draft here. So, of course, I started – I started quarterback, um, you know, I had, had to go with my guy. We, we were talking, I think we were talking about him maybe on the pod uh, earlier, maybe the, the, the day before yeah. um, had to go with my, my Cardinals there. And, uh, and so um, I was, I was happy to, happy to go, go that route. Um, and um, yeah, receipt. I mean, quarterback's the way I want to go off. I want to, in Superflex, I want a top six pick so I can get one of those top quarterbacks. K- Kyler Murray was the guy I was looking at. Kyler Murray I have as my, uh, as probably, you know, as my QB one, I think, I think that's going to end up happening. If he, if he can stay healthy again, I, I work on tier based drafting and there'll be uh, times that, you know, I take Josh Allen and stuff like that. But if I have one draft, uh, based on ADP and based on where I think he can finish, I think Kyler Murray is wow. my, is my guy. Number one, who, who is number your number one? I think he has the best. Yeah, sorry. I think he, I think. I think he has the best chance to throw for 5,000 and, and rush for a rush for a thousand. I think he's got the weapons there, especially after week six, when Hopkins comes back, I think he has a really nice schedule, uh, NFC West shootouts versus, I think they play the AFC West as well. So they're going to be in a lot of shootouts, I think. And, um, and I just think that, that he has, it's, it's his, it's his time. It's his turn. If he, if he can stay healthy, the thing about Josh Allen is I just feel like, you know, this is going to be a, a kind of a little bit of a newer offense where they want this running back. They've wanted this pass catching running back. What are they going to do with him? Like what, what type of, you know, they brought in OJ Howard. They're going to go more too tight on sets. Like, is it going to be the same thing? Do they want him to run as much inside the five? Um, you know, so I'm just not so sure. And, you know, no, no quarterback has finished QB one for three years in a row. Uh, since Dante Culpepper and before him, Brett Favre. So it's very unlikely to happen just from an odds perspective. And if I can get Kyler Murray six rounds, or maybe not six rounds, uh, so sometimes five rounds past Josh Allen, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Who is your uh, QB six? 
Um, Murray, Allen, off. Herbert, Mahomes, Jackson, Hertz or Burrow? Hertz? Hertz. Hertz would be, would be my QB6, although I could see it. Man, I could see it being Mahomes. I hate, I, hate, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Mahomes could. We don't know what Kansas City's going to do either. I mean, I know we're talking super flex, and, and it's not six rounds difference with these guys in this, but like, I just, you don't know what to do with Mahomes either. It's far, like, he doesn't have that that dual threat rushing upside. Maybe he should, maybe he does. Maybe he shows a little bit more this year. Uh, but I feel like with new weapons, not losing Tyreek Hill, man, uh, he's a guy out of those six you just named, even like Trey Lance. I would, I love Trey Lance. I, I'm not going to barely have any Patrick Mahomes. Lou, so the top six were Allen, Herbert, Murray, Mahomes, Jackson, Hertz. You're at 10, and three other guys, non-quarterbacks, go as well. Taylor, then McCaffrey, and Cup. Is Burrow easy for you at seven, or did it depend on maybe getting Chase? That's where that's exactly where I was on that, is that I uh... – I thought it would have been too early or for, too early to to lose. I I would have gone Dak Lamb or or Burrow Chase there, you know. And um, I had to make that choice. I thought that there might have been uh, a crazy way to to get Dak back, possibly um, to me. Or uh, actually, I I wanted I would have taken I would have considered Lance there instead of even Chase, but I, I did kind of want one of those two right off the bat. I was thinking either Burrow, Chase, Dak, and 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 Lamb, and I just thought value wise, it was best to go uh, Burrow Chase there. Well, you do see stacks here. It is a tournament. It's fourteen week regular season, then three week for three weeks for the big money. So Burrow and Chase, Bengals, and you get to T Higgins. Team nine, Cup and Stafford, of course, and then Mike Williams. That's the Chargers. That's week 17 also. Team eight, keeping in the same direction, McCaffrey and Brady play each other. Those of us who are playing a lot of these have all that memorized by now. This is three weeks playoffs. I think maybe it's advantageous to try to, you know, bang out week 15 matchups as much as it is 17 or even more so because 17 is such a – easy reflex, I think, for a lot of us at this point, but um, still the way to go. I mean, I think in any of these things, uh, you want to have that kind of build, and I know there's a lot of talk about that, but I think it's sort of obvious, and you know, all the points that get made, like, you have to make the playoffs first, we know, and you know, you can't reach on guys, we know, we're, we're not doing that, but it really is mostly a tiebreaker in these, I think, so um, definitely know those playoff matchups and Adam I could do better than I'm doing at knowing 15 and 16 depends on where you're playing well it's funny too because I've, I've been listening to some podcasts recently where teams are where uh people are doing live drafts and they're like they're jacking up the schedule because they just don't know and I don't either the 15 16 does that wait who does that team play 50 because everyone's so focused on weeks of 17 I think you hit the nail on the head I I'm gonna start in, in some of these tournaments, just like this, maybe transition to like a week 15 target for a couple of drafts because you got to get there. Sure. But like, let's say let's, let's, what if you, what if all those week 17 stacks bomb week 15 and you've got a bunch of week 15 stacks, like, you know, then you, then you advance and you don't really have to worry about week 17 because all those teams are out. Like there's all these different ways you, that you can, you can play it. And I think, you know, once you've got, 
you know, I'm just saying if, if there was a tournament where you're doing 150, let's say you're max entering, once you've got your, you know, 80 week 17 builds, maybe do 30 or 40 week 15s and a couple, a bunch of week 16. Like there's a, so many different ways to do it. Um, but I think, uh, I think that is a, a really kind of clever, smart way to start doing it. Maybe week 15. Well, in these, you want to have, you probably need to have at least two big weeks from your team. Like the Bengals last year right. were 16 and 17, the Baltimore game, and then Kansas city. And that, that won all the money or most of it. So Louie, Justin Fields at three ten. Did you feel lucky? Yeah, I I'm kind of feeling lucky every time I draft Justin Fields, whether it be um, you know this late in a superflex, which I consider that late for him. I, to me, there's no one in the second half of quarterbacks that has more upside, and so I find myself. Um, you and I have talked about this a lot too. I, I we we both I think are a little bit high on Detroit this year. And so he makes a lot of sense when it comes to that for me, when I'm looking at week 17 matchups, because I get his, I'm, I'm drafting Mooney everywhere, right? So I I'm drafting Mooney. If he, if he is available, no matter what my stacks are, I'm taking Mooney as many times as I can. He's probably my highest owned player. So when I can match him up with fields and commit cheaply, um, and then there's even some really good, like late round flyers on that team. And then you could easily, which you saw that I don't know if I uh, look in here. I don't think I really got well here, but in some drafts you can do well with. Uh, I did. I got golf coming back, but you, you could do good with the position players on Detroit and pair Detroit Chicago really well. I think it's going to end up being a out of out of all these crazy stacks. I think it's going to be one of the lower owned week 17 stacks. And I think it's, I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of high, um, high upside on both of those squads. So yeah, I love fields there. Louie, do you have, when you say back half of the quarter, do you have Trey Lance in the back half group? No, I have, I think I have Lance uh, uh, in that top half and that's, you know, I'll leave that. I Lance and fields are really, I, 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 I share your excitement about Lance. Um, I think Fields is coming at a better price, and I don't feel much different about their upside, so I'll take Fields. I also don't love – I know you guys both, I think, are a little bit high on Debo, which I'm not. And it just – I don't love the the the, the San Fran uh, position players as much as I do the value you're getting out of the Chicago guys. I Again, just – I'm drafting Mooney and Komet almost everywhere, so um, – I think that's more just personal preference on on the offense than it than it is anything. I just um, I don't have a really good feel about how San Fran's offense is going to run this year, and I think it's going to be a little bit scattered. So I'm I've been avoiding them, but I do like Lance. I think the Bears are a little bit wily and clever. Is it the same thing? Um, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, like I, I tend to think about or try to come up with these, like these sort of subconscious or maybe even deeper kind of reasons why we act the way we do. And you know what is true on the Bears? None of us has been alive when they've been really good on offense. Like we've never even seen that ever <laughs> in our lives. You know, there was the 85 Bears. There was a Jay Cutler moment, you know, but. Like they have just, they're the Chicago Bears, which means before Dick Butkus, maybe 
they had a good offense, like the, a passing game. Passing games didn't even really hardly exist back then. It's it's Mike it's, Dicka. Mike Dicka was a, a Hall of Fame tight end. Come on, that's the best anybody can do. Like who who's who watched Mike Ditka play? So <laughs> it's the Bears. It's so natural to think of them as just you know no, they're a no in fantasy, and that is not an important thing. They did make a coaching change. They did make a GM change. They should be. They should have the internet where they can watch the AFC teams play who score and throw and do like modern things. So they should know that. And I think most people are assuming they don't. So they have not helped fields. Their actions don't help this point. They've not helped him offensive line wise. They've not given him weapons. They, they look nothing like a team that has sort of realized this. But um, part of that is because I think there's a, there's, they're the bears mindset with them. And then uh, I'm not drafting Velas Jones like Louis is, but. I want to be open to it. I want to be open to the possibility that that's actually like sort of an honest and not terrible offense. Did you guys see that Rex Grossman just left the live broadcast? I think he was a little little offended there. I I, I regret nothing. (laughs) Adam, you got Lawrence in four, who was almost the next quarterback pick. Tua went in between Fields and Lawrence. How about your top five? I know you feel like you have to get quarterback maybe Murray freed you up to wait and do you feel like you got away with it I do feel like I got away with it I got my you know I got my guy Barkley uh and I got uh, a, a receiver in the late second there Diggs so I think Diggs is part of that second tier of receivers um I would take him over Adams I would take him over over Lamb and I think Evans is probably the end of that tier of a receiver so I was happy to get Diggs there and I really wanted Barkley um, but I, I also in the, in Superflex, I love, I, I want to take three QBs and I want to get it out of the way early. Like you'll see, you know, you'll see me in the, in the, the draft structure invitational, which is Superflex. I'll be doing the same, the same thing. Um, because it, you know, if I have the opportunity to, because I just want to get it out of the way you need, it's never like a bad thing. Like, Oh, he's got too many quarterbacks in a super flex. Like nobody ever, ever, ever says that. So, right. uh, I, you know, it would have been silly for me to come back and take one or two more, but like, I want to get three starters. Um, and then I, I like the upside of Lawrence with the rushing. I think that's sneaky and Jones with the sneaky upside. And plus the reason the cool thing about super flex that I like too, is, you can stack in reverse. So in normal leagues, you got to take the receivers and hope that no one snipes you on, on, on the quarterback here. You can take the quarterback. And if they, you know, if I, if I lose out on one of the giants receivers, I'll just grab another one or, or the tight end or whatever, like stacking becomes much easier when you, when you take the quarterbacks first. And I like these late giant stacks and these uh, maybe some late Jacksonville, some Jaguar stacks here. I don't think I ended up getting any Jaguar stacks in this one. I, I didn't, but, um, but I, I, I like the ability to be able to do that. So I really liked my, my, my first five picks. Can I ask Adam? I, I like, I really love the Brees Hall pick. I'm big on him here too. Were you sniped with Hollywood going the pick before you? Like, would you have taken Hollywood to pair up with Murray in that situation normally? Or if, I, if, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I just was surprised you did not stack Murray anywhere. It doesn't seem right. Like you, did, and that would have been your opportunity. But you know, obviously, you weren't taking him the round before, and you got sniped right there. So I didn't know if that was on your mind there, or if you would have won Brees no matter what. 
Yeah, it was definitely on my mind. I I would not have gone Brees no matter what. Although Brees is one of my absolute favorites, especially like when I can get him in the, you know the the you know the Gibson Acres range. I, I can get him ahead of them. Uh, I really really like it. Um, but the cool so the thing that I like about um, quarterbacks whose value comes a lot on on the ground. You know Trey Lance, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. The things I really like about them is you don't have to stack them because a lot of their fantasy value comes from, from, from their legs. Like Lance, if you talked about earlier, you, you don't know what, what the what the Niners offense is, is doing. Well, if the Niners offense is going to be successful, it's going to be successful on Trey Lance's legs. So you don't even have to stack Lance, and it's still fine. Now, generally, you want to. You probably take a Kittle, or if you don't like Debo, take a Kittle and an Ayuk or just Ayuk, you know, whatever. But Kyler Murray's a little bit more of a passer, hopefully, then Trey Lance will be so stacking him's fine, but I'm but I wasn't you know necessarily heartbroken there, and I'm not um, dying to stack to stack uh, Kyler Murray. Is it okay if I take a minute to mention wet bread? Absolutely, of course. So my team is called Wet Bread. Most of my <laughs> look at that. Most of my so fast uh, FFPC teams or other sites. I will use the deep end, but Adam is in this league and I didn't feel like I wanted to use the deep end. So yesterday on July 4th, we were with friends and we were talking about how many hot dogs you could eat Mm. naturally. And our one friend Maureen said, who could eat any, because I dip them in water. Like who could eat any hot dogs that have been dipped in water? The, The wet bread would just forget it. Like, all right, that's a team name, right? So (laughs) <laughs> this team, when I saw it was ranked 12th out of 12, I had to call it wet bread. Now, my thinking here on, on team 11, column 11, is two top 10 quarterbacks, then the right move is to wait. Plus, you're on the end. So, stacking, not like stacking, stacking, but Jones and Fournette, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette for running backs, and then DJ Moore, McLaurin, Elijah Moore, Renfro, and then Goddard. I like all that. I like Hunt, Stevenson, Rondale Moore. How did I get last? Is everybody this this good in here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, are you sure that, that you're last, or, or is that just made made up? No, I, I think I am. I mean, I'm twelfth. Yeah, I I think it was a very sharp room, um, but I mean, that's a you got value everywhere there, but. You know, you're famous for saying that you never hated a draft you came out of, right? No, right. No one, no one has really hated. No well, one. No one. Rarely. If you're like on the expert level, you can be like, I'm already off the rails here early. And I think you can hate that. But because it's always good players, you know, you can always envision the best case scenario. And for my team, my, my risk is going to be at quarterback because I ended up with Pickett and Geno Smith just to try to, you know, make sure I wasn't dead um, at that point. Like Pickett, he has to eventually get his way in the lineup. And then Geno Smith, who knows if he'll play at all. But um, that was the risk there. Quarterback after taking too early. And no stacks for you either, Mike. I'm trying to see. Nothing nothing stacked here. Um, I don't think so. Niners... Niners, Raiders, Lance and Renfro, Mm -hmm. Uh, Dallas, Tennessee. I'd be surprised if I didn't get any. Haskins, it's not a lot. 
um, Jones, Fournette, Fournette, DJ Moore. They're subtle, Adam. They're subtle. <laughs> Jones, <laughs> D, Jones, and Irv Smith. Fournette, DJ Moore. They're subtle. Stacks. No, I'm oh, sorry. I meant stacks as in like players on the same team, like the quarterbacks with their. Oh yeah, I was. I players. guess I was talking bringbacks. Is that the yeah is that correlation? One word? I know. There's so or many. Bring. There's so many things. Correlation. <laughs> yeah, I guess not really. No. Which is which is fine, especially. That's why got- I'm 12. <laughs> That's right. They calculated that. They looked forward. Uh, talk to me about. I don't know how how far down you want to go here, but talk to me about Kareem Hunt. Is that a guy you've been targeting, Mike? I am kind of putting him on my radar here for maybe some zero RB teams where I can uh, kind of use that now. And if there's a trade or an injury, man, Kareem Hunt could be could be uh, a league winner. I do like him. I like getting him. I don't think there's any chance really of a trade. I, I think that wouldn't make any sense for the Browns to do that. I mean, they already went and got him when he was the former league rushing champion and they had a, they had Nick Chubb on their team. So not that that wasn't, you know, a long time ago or a couple of years ago, but I, th- I feel like that plays a part into how teams operate. I, I don't think he gets traded. I think the Browns, especially for the, the more they lose Watson or play without Watson, they have to be about their running backs. And Hunt is going to be on the field on third downs. So... I think um, he still has value in the role he's in. So we're talking about a third running back with Ramondre Stevenson, who's a little bit the same in certain ways. Yeah. Um, Who else goes in that same range? Like uh, the Bills running backs go in the same range as Kareem Hunt, Stevenson, Damian Harris as well. Hunt is my favorite of any of them. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree there. Well, I guess I really killed on that. Point. <laughs> you shot the room. <laughs> uh, I mean, there it is. Now everyone knows. Everyone knows it. All right, Lou, the second half of your draft, you're at, uh, if you're watching, Goff on down, team 10. Do you need to see the rest of it? Like, how do you no, I, remember I, this? I, yeah. So, I mean, I, again, I, I made the Goff point. I just, uh, I just like Detroit a lot this year as far as uh, what their offense is doing. I we've, I may have talked to both of you about this before, and I, I, I like to admit, like, when I'm just I, – I just heard Dan Campbell talk last year and just assumed that he was just going to be, like, this very conservative, uh, you know, punting on fourth down type of, of, of coach. And he just was <laughs> – it was so refreshing to watch him – uh, coach and I, I just think he's going to. Um, I think the offense is really going to have a good year this year. I could easily see them uh, being a top twelve offense uh, with when it comes to yards and such because they are going to probably still be losing a lot of games, um, so they'll be throwing a bunch. So I, I, I love golf there, um, and then I ended up uh, I ended up getting Baker like five rounds later, which I thought was probably going to be on your radar there soon um, yep. in the yep. position you were there. And I'm still like over under like Mayfield starts, you know, more than three fourths of the games this year somewhere. I don't know where, but I, I just am confident that, that, that he'll end up somewhere and playing a lot of games. So I, I love that late. Um, uh, the Singletary, I know you guys, I, I don't need Adam to, to give us his uh, opinion on Singletary. I already know that. I know I, you already uh, said that. 
uh, hunt is over them for you. I just think a lot of people are um, overbuying you know, Cook's roll. So um, I, I'm fine with Singletary here at, at that spot. I just think he's going to uh, not fall down as many people. Um, Komet, obviously, I, I already talked about with that. Um, and then just I got Fance, a guy I really am excited about. And then with Mayfield, you know, May, I already got Mayfield that Seattle obviously is um, – uh, something that I'm, I'm considering because I'm trying to, I I'm never, I'm never drafting a, a, a Geno Smith or a lock with my Seattle guys. I'm going to draft Mayfield or Garoppolo or, you know, like a guy like that towards the end, just hoping that I hit that, um, Crowder on the back end with, you know, with the, the Seattle stack, I got a couple bills in there with Crowder and, and, uh, Crowder and Singletary, but, then just continued since I got hearsed. And at the end is where I, I know I've had these conversations here with you guys quite a bit. And, and these three picks have been free to me. And I just, I'm always going to hit these guys' names when they're available the first, the last three rounds and Will Fuller, Beckham, and, um, you know, Tyler Bay is another one, but specifically Fuller and Beckham. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they're and you could throw Julio Jones in there that went a little bit. I think he went one pick before Fuller. I it's free value. These guys are going to play somewhere this year. And if as soon as you know where they're going to play, it's five, six rounds different. And I just can't I'm not going to over invest. I don't mind over investing in, in one player in the 18th, 19th, 20th round. Like I, I, I'll try to be um, a little bit variable in my in my early picks. But you keep on giving me 18th round Will Fuller, 19th round Beckham. I'm just going to keep hitting pick. And uh, if if they, I mean, I assume they both play this year, and I gain value there. So that's kind of where I was, and that's where I am in almost every draft I'm in. For anyone who was watching, I was not mocking Louis's commentary. I was saying I think he was asleep at the end of this draft, so I was just doing the little sleep. <laughs> Uh, if it wasn't this draft, it was all the others. <laughs> I set my cue. <laughs> Julio Jones. I have this in the list for later, but we're running long here. I'll just mention it now. If you knew Julio Jones was wow, it's so fast. If you knew Julio Jones was going to Green Bay and could stay on the field, like played a full season, he's wide receiver. What I say seven. Seven overall? Yep. What? If you knew oh. he was playing a full season for the Packers, that means like you don't have to worry about anything yeah. that we're think we're worried about with Julio Jones. Yeah. Like may maybe you take Lamb in front of him. Maybe you take Diggs, but it's not even a fair, it's it's just a I, fun yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely way higher. I don't know if I want to go top ten, but I mean way higher for sure. And that's just the same point I made about the guys. I mean, I mean, those three guys, if you're giving me them the last three rounds, you're, this is like you said, they are going to play somewhere. And if they signed yesterday and again, the Packers, right. They, they signed yesterday. He's what is he, if he just signed the Packers and you just think he's old Julio Jones, he's still a what 11 12 rounder. That's right. Then he goes in the middle. But if you just happen to somehow know he was going to, to last the season playing for as Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one, like, Adam, mm. no, I get it. I get it. And that's what a lot of these fun things are. I mean, Beckham, same thing, but not for the full season, obviously. If you, hey, you're getting a healthy Beckham for the last, 
you know, 10 weeks of the season, where would you, you know, you knew you were getting that fully healthy. I mean, where would you take him? So, I mean, I know I like, I like Louis Louis points there. And a lot of people are doing that, that, that stuff. I think it's hard for me and best ball to take both of them. I mean, I don't even know if Will Fuller, I mean, he's just such a, I feel like he's such a head case. I mean, we'd have the finger who know, unless the finger was blew up into a thousand pieces, like, you know, no one really knows where he's been, but I think in the, to kind of, go back to your team, Lou, to kind of finish your team off is I really like your golf pick. I, I like him much better. Like I have golf and Jones right next to each other. And you got golf three rounds later. So if I were to kind of go back and do that again, I would have, I would have waited to take golf. And I, I loved your counter pick. I think I, I, I texted you right after that pick. I, th- I thought, I thought you stole him there. So, um, so yeah, no, I like, I like the way your team panned out Crowder. You got, got him late as wide receiver 64. I mean, there's just no way that like, Crowder finishes as wide receiver sixty four if he if he plays a, a a healthy healthy season. It's just it's just it's just not going to happen. You know, I, even if Isaiah McKenzie is is a thing. I mean, Crowder unless he doesn't score one time, uh, and you know, I just think he's going to have you know, there's like Beasley can have monster games where he has eight thing. nine he catches. Is. You know, so Beasley um, was definitely not a, a a touchdown hog. So and he had big games. I right. I just I I agree with you. I think he's one of the best values in these drafts right now. I'm going to have to go to Twitter with my Julio Jones take because it did not get the <laughs> legs. You know, you, you turn the wine a little bit. You want to see the legs. It did not get the legs. Listen, if you knew it's ridiculous, I'm sorry. If you knew Julio Jones was going to play 17 games, you wouldn't draft him ahead of Devonte Adams. When was the last time? Is Julio, is he good anymore? Okay. Uh, okay. Well, no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he plays 17 games and he just hobbles around and the Packers have some sort of an internal agreement never to take him out. (laughs) If injuries are no concern, I mean, he can't, you've got, you've got guys who are playing later, every position, quarterbacks, Kelsey, like it's not, you're questioning. I think you want to be questioning these days, how effective your age chart looks like. Is, is it, do we have to push it back? Because throughout human history, we keep pushing it back. So (laughs) maybe, Julio Jones, who I, I don't know. I don't think last year was a fluke, though. I do not expect this to happen. The The point is round 20 or never or round 19 or never. And I'm totally taking him because there's just such a chance there. And I was a little bit annoyed yesterday that there was buzz about him going to Green Bay because, um, you know, there was a little bit of a bump after that. But I needed to get my sleep anyway. I don't <laughs> sleep during drafts. Um. <laughs> Adam, you want to you want to give final thoughts on your team, uh, team four? Yeah, um, I you know all this talk about Dobbins missing missing camp. I I you know when I initially heard him, I took him as RB twenty six. Uh, I I I was okay with him at RB twenty six, and just you know word more him missing camp. Fine, I don't want my, I don't want any of my running backs playing in the preseason or like either they're good or they're they're not. Keep them healthy. But uh, uh, he might not be ready for – if he goes on the pup, that's bad. Um, but I don't – you know, how often do guys go on the pup? I mean, it's, it'll be 10 months once the season k- kicks off. I think – I don't think he's going to go on the pup. And if he doesn't, I think RB26 is, is fine for him. Um, it is best ball, so I do kind of value those running backs a little bit more. Um, Tony and Do- Claypool. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. We're talking about Dobbins? Dobbins, yes. Yeah, he was hurt in August. But right. I, I guess it was like a complicated injury. Sorry, 
Yeah, 13 months. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I said nine or 10. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's really interesting, right? Like, because there is huge upside for Dobbins, but we still have reason to think he won't be ready. And if he's not ready for camp, that doesn't mean he's not ready for like week three, even, which you would totally, another hypothetical, but if you could get that at Dobbins, you'd want some shares of him at least for the yeah, price. Right. Yeah, right now I'm I'm like when I go into drafts, I'm counting on getting him late later. Uh, because um, you know, maybe taking receivers earlier and then coming back with like I did here with Brees Hall Dobbins, because yeah, I mean, how many running unless there's complications, if there's complications, you know, what's another month gonna do for him? Nothing. It's just gonna be he's gonna struggle all, all year, I feel I feel like. So uh, but there is, you know, reason to be nervous. We I wanna wait on obviously more more reports from from camp. Um Drake London, Kadarius Tony, and Claypool are th- three guys that I have a ton of. I love, I've loved when I can get Tony and Claypool in 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 the same draft. So I think w- if if one of them can just pop, um, I really really like that. Um, and, then, and I think I heard that they didn't. Um, uh, some there was some contract stuff today coming out of Pittsburgh that they that they maybe weren't going to pay uh, some of the receivers there. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. That, that's what it was. Deontay Johnson. And maybe they really like. Claypool and Pickens. I mean, it's probably hard to tell on Pickens for the Steelers at this point on whether they, you know, whether they're going to pay Deontay Johnson. I mean, it's only, uh, you know, July of his rookie year. But, um, but anyways, Galladay's another guy I like there. So I got a lot of the a lot of my guys for receivers there in the middle rounds. So I'm always happy with that. Madison is another guy I, lo- I love taking. You know, he's an injury away from a top five season. And then I went late tight end, which is which is not, not something I normally do because I'm in these tight end premiums. Uh, but I love Evan Ingram, got Robert Tanyan, and Brevin Jordan is a guy I've been kind of taking late because I feel like he's got that athletic profile. Um, and, you know, who else? They got Brandon Cooks and what? N- Nico Collins? Like, they don't really have a, a plethora of pass catching backs there. So Brevin Jordan could be one of these tight ends that comes out, out of nowhere, you know, taking him as tight end 29. I mean, I'm fine with that every single time. So I liked, I liked the way the back half of my draft filled out too. Um, yeah. Team three, not team four to anybody watching. Sorry about that. Ronald Jones, Louie and I have talked about him and drafted him and Damian Williams, even at the end, I think really makes sense. So, uh, you might be good at this. I know that's annoying, but I, have I to mean, say I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the number two ranked team in the league. You know, you so. are, you are <laughs> wet bread. Number 12. <laughs> All right. So we're at our time limit, but one more thing, if, if I may, because I tweeted about it. I want to talk about DK Metcalf. He's not on this. He's not in one of our rosters, or if he is, it's not even the point. Can you guys help me figure out what to do with DK Metcalf? So I know Matt and Jared on the Draft Sharks podcast talked about him today. And I sort of, I see his name late four, early five, and I just can't help it. Like, come on. I, they're going to be losing. They're playing the West schedules too. He's DK Metcalf. Like I just, <laughs> I, I really like it as wide receiver three, but if they're so slow and so inept, maybe it will backfire. Louie, what do you think of Metcalf? I, I'm so real big high on him. It's, it's my biggest thing is in, in these tournaments specifically, I want him in lineup leagues like all day, like at that value. So I, I'll take him all day in these tournaments. Specifically, I have trouble because 
uh, like I said, I don't really have confidence that either of the quarterbacks on the roster right now are going to be started in most games for him. So um, I, I've tried when I do take advantage of his value, um, I try to pair him with one of the guys that I'm anticipating maybe going there. Um, but I, yeah, I, you're, he's way too good value there. Lockett is way too good value where he's going. Uh, where's he at? Like nine or 10 in, in yeah. under right now, right? So, I mean, he's even too good value, uh, too good value where he's going. That it, people, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to over make this point or, or sound ridiculous, but it, you know, the good quarterback leave, sure. But it, it also provides, like you just said, a, a lot more throwing opportunities if they, they're going to be down now. Um, and, and maybe, uh, you know, they, they, they were a bigger running team when, when Russ was there and they were winning a lot more games. Maybe we see a lot, a little bit more wide openness when they're coming from behind. I, there's no way those two guys don't rack up yards because they're the only two weapons they have and they're going to find ways to get them in their hands. I think Metcalf, I have a little bit more trouble where he's going, although it's becoming more and more attractive as he's dropping here. Um, Lockett's almost an auto pick for me at, at, at where he's going. It's just some guys right around Metcalf that I really like. So that's right. I mean, in the fifth round, you're giving yeah. up on some other things. If you want your first running back or, you know, the, the stud quarterback, that's what you're sacrificing to draft Metcalf. But I still want to do it. I, yeah, I like, that's sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I like Sutton and Moore and Cooks, those guys that are going around him. Marquise Brown, you know, shortly thereafter. I, I don't want to not have any Metcalf, but it is one of those positions in the draft that I, I want my variety. So I, I don't want to be stuck with too much of one guy. Buy them in Dynasty, Adam, right? That's Thursday show. But I mean, if you have a team, he's on a team that wants to win now, that's got to be a makeable trade. Yeah. And I got, like you said, for, we talked about the dynasty last week with all these ambiguous situations. Like, what is, are they really going to not have a quarterback there forever? You know, I, yeah, they might get one this year. They might probably not. But, you know, next year, yeah, buy them in dynasty at absolutely Re- redraft. I'm right there with you guys. I think obviously the talent isn't the question. It's, you know, he's going in around a lot of guys that, that we really, that I really like you know, include Allen Robinson there, Rashad Bateman. Like it's just, it's hard. Uh, but when he slips into, into, into the fifth round, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it. It's just having to decide between him and the Brandon cooks. Like you said, I'm taking a lot of Brandon cooks. And so um, I end up not getting, I, I won't take Metcalf in the fourth. If he slips a little bit into the fifth, but Tyler Lockett's an auto, an auto pick for me as, as, as well. I, you know, I took him the, and cardio club today. I took him, I think once or once or twice. So, um, I always got to up the, I got to up the energy on the, on the, on the treadmill. When I take a guy like Lockett in the 10th round, I just feel, feel so good. But, um, but, but yeah, Metcalf, I see it. And, uh, but I prefer him a little bit more in, in, in best ball. I feel like, because you want those kind of spike weeks, you're going to, you're, you're going to get out of him. Um, Definitely. But I think either, either, either way. I like him about, about the same. Let's say you have McCaffrey and your team is bad and you want to offer McCaffrey for Metcalf and X. Does that have to be a first? Is it, is it a second? What's that offer in Dynasty? That's a, that's a Louie question. I'm, I'm terrible. As, 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 as much as, um, as much as it, it really depends on kind of the, the format, but just in just a regular super flex format, um, I, I think they're pretty dead even, to be honest. I, I don't think I'm throwing much more 
um, on top of Metcalf to to get McCaffrey. I think right now you're you're probably looking at them at pretty equal value in a dynasty aspect. I I think I think Metcalf's dropped down a little bit, but I, I think it's really hard to sell McCaffrey for any kind of value in dynasty. I'll I'll, I'll say that um, he's one of those guys that you know because of the namesake, it's hard to buy, it's hard to sell, uh, and and he's stuck in between kind of a weird you know with the injury and everything coming off. He's in a in a weird spot that no one's usually happy in a trade with with CMC. So Mixon or Metcalf. Mixon is on the older side, but it doesn't seem like it. And the injury conversation was last year. So somebody needs, needs a running back because they're scarce, and you have Mixon. I would turn that into Metcalf if I had Damian Pierce or somebody on my roster or some uh, indifference toward how I did this year. Always depends on roster construction, but I, those guys, I, I'm always trying to find a younger receiver for that 25 26 year old running back especially if it's not like a team that's going to 100 compete so yeah i i agree with that i i would be flipping those guys for metcalf pretty quickly maybe metcalf, metcalf doesn't even show up yeah does he love football metcalf or 17 games of a healthy julio jones ingram <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing julio jones obviously <laughs> I meant maybe he doesn't show up for camp. There were trade rumors not that long ago. Like if he wants to get out of there, um, that could happen too. And that could be great for him this year. Yeah. I mean, Julio Jones. Don't Julio. Uh, don't sleep on Julio Jones. Certain I'm, going, I'm going right to the Twitter poll. I want to see this Twitter poll, what you got going on. I'm going to put my vote in immediately. That's all I need. Listen, once I'm done, uh, it's Top Chef. <laughs> and then when everybody falls asleep, underdog. <laughs> yep. All right. Enjoy this FFWC Superflex Bowl recap. Hopefully you did too. Keep drafting. Always be drafting. We'll be back on Thursday night, Adam and I, for Dynasty Edition. Louie, thank you. And thanks for all your work on the Scott Fish Bowl event, July 14th in Buffalo. Again, uh, come to our Twitter for links. We'll all be there. Sneaky Joe, Zachary Kruger, and other studs. And Thurman Thomas, by the way, <laughs> I just I just listed Thurman Thomas as like the, the extra in the movie, also featuring, also featuring. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think main event champs going to be there too. Yes, uh, two of the three will be there. Nick and Sean. Yeah, and, and, and quickly, let me just step in because you did this before I before you I could respond. You played the video, but um, don't sell yourself short. Mike is doing a bunch for this event too, uh, and I, we're going to put together a really good event. I'm I'm grateful that we're good teammates, like always. We got we're good at good teammates in fantasy. We're doing good with this. It's going to be uh, fun. So uh, can't wait to see everybody there. Right on next Thursday at Big Ditch Brewing in Buffalo for the Scott Fish Bowl. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Adam. See everybody on Thursday. See you guys.